What's happening, everybody, and thank you for listening to another episode of the FOE Podcast. This is your host, Matt, the Daily FOE, and we're back this week talking a little bit more football going into week 17. Normally, this will be the end of the season, but, you know, they added an extra game, so at least we get another week of regular season football with some amazing matchups coming up. But this week on the podcast, me and Josh, we give our, you know, our thoughts on the playoff standings, plus... What's next for Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks? Should they, you know, let him walk or should they maybe consider getting rid of Pete Carroll and trying to do something? Because, you know, that is Russell Wilson. Plus, another major topic that I'm starting to become very concerned about is what will it take for a wide receiver to win the MVP award? We got that in a little bit more. So I'm not going to keep holding you up. We're going to go ahead and jump into that show. consoles i actually want to keep because the ps4 was the first console i ever bought for myself so oh, okay that milestone of yeah I, I actually got this one was this was the first console i bought as a man <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, just, yeah mine was a uh a used ps3 it still counts though yeah yeah i got mine with uh i think i had madden 12 i got one of the Call of Duty games, mostly just because everybody else is playing it. But this was when I was like 18. I had my first paycheck. I got a my first smartphone and I got a PS3. Um, like I said, Madden, Call of Duty. I think I bought two more games, but I can't remember what they were. Dang, you taking me back thinking about my first paycheck. <laughs> I did the most ignorant thing ever with my first paycheck. Went to a strip club? No, you see, here's <laughs> the thing. Uh, they had this program down here. So actually, I've been working since I was about 13 years old. Oh, shit. Yeah, they have programs down here where you can go and do like little summer job shits. Mm-hmm. So my first time doing that, I was a summer counselor. I was a little 14 year old kid, summer counselor. You know, it was minimum wage, which we're still trying to figure out why is minimum wage still the same years later. But Yeah, right. Yeah, everything like, else goes up in price, but that shit stays the same. Crazy though, <laughs> and they they expect you just to figure it out. Like yeah, the math doesn't add up on that, bro. Yep, that's that's who oh boy. Oh boy, the USA, the good nah, old. but when USA. you're <laughs> when you're what would you say you were thirteen or fourteen? Yeah, yeah. When you're when you're that age, that's just free money. So you're not complaining. Shit, it didn't feel like free money. My mom instilled, <laughs> she instilled responsibility early, man. Like, I'm not even going to get that deep into that story, to all that on here. That's too personal. These guys don't deserve to hear all that. They'd be in a book one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just, that's just real life shit then growing up the way I grew up. But nah, they don't deserve to hear all that. But the, the crazy thing is, man. Somebody's going to get mad when they hear this, and they're probably going to be an African-American. 
I'm trying to be nice right now. <laughs> but first thing people do when they get money is buy their ass something to eat. Oh, yeah. A lot of people ain't going to that shit. Exactly. I'm a 14-year-old kid. I balled out at Red Lobster. Oh, shit. I'm yeah. sitting here balling out. The only time it was ever good because the best thing on the menu is the cheese biscuits. Oh, those biscuits. Those biscuits are so good. You see what I mean? Right, right there. That you see, they're legendary. You see that reaction? Exactly. Nothing else on the menu matters. Just give me my goddamn. We buy shit just so we can eat the biscuits. <laughs> it's facts. Yeah. <laughs> you go and find the cheapest little appetizer on the menu, <laughs> just so you can keep the biscuits coming, Betty. Right. You could might as well like tell the server like, give me like four baskets at a time. I don't understand why they keep playing. Like just. Lay that shit. Why don't you do this? Make a salad bar, but just biscuits. Oh, man. A biscuit bar. Like, that Boy. just sounds good. Exactly. Like, you pay, you sit in there, you order your food, and next thing you know, biscuit bars just loaded up. You just smell the biscuits. And you got that one person that's announcing it, like a ring announcer for AEW, getting <laughs> you hyped to go to the biscuit bar. Oh, man. That would be amazing. I'm just saying, man, we're ahead of our time, man. This shit's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, and then you got that smell. Like if you if you're like walking past the place, like that smell's gonna draw you in. Exactly. I don't care. I don't care if you're hungry or not. You're gonna go go in there for some biscuits. And the thing about it is they gotta put at least a ten dollar minimum on it. <laughs> like you gotta buy something that's worth at least ten dollars on this menu. <laughs> oh, you know they would. Yeah, because if you just tell me, if you put the salad on there, which America, we make the salad the cheapest shit on the menu, somebody, they gonna, you're going to have more healthy people out here because they're going to buy the salad just to get the biscuits. Yeah, there you so, go. Yeah, so they're going to be like, no, we can't have that. You better buy some chicken tenders or something. Go buy one of these well, $10, $12 appetizers, and then you can get your biscuits. Yeah, well, if the salad's cheap, then, I mean, there's no guarantee they're actually going to eat the salad. See, that's another thing. Outsmarting the system. They don't like that. Yep. <laughs> they hate that. Oh, boy. It's crazy as hell we're sitting here talking about cheese biscuits. I hope this leads to a Red Lobster endorsement. Just <laughs> Shit. You know we'd be all for it. Oh, absolutely, man. The only thing I'm talking about, what what's their little thing they do with lobster? You're talking about that lobster season back bullshit? No, no, no. no. I'm only talking about the biscuits. Exactly. <laughs> lobsters it. cool and all, but nah. I can get yeah. lobsters from the farmer's market. It only ta- it only takes 15 minutes to cook. We're here for the biscuits. Exactly. <laughs> they don't understand. Seriously, though, somebody for Red Lobster hear this, you know, you can give me an endorsement. I'll take some biscuits. For real? Cash and biscuits. Sure, I'll take some it. biscuits. Man, hey, 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 hey. I need my bad, like my bad. 50 cent every time we mention these biscuits. <laughs> well, we about to be the FOE biscuit podcast. Well, hey, I'll get hey, I will give them that. You got the crypto arena in LA. The Staples Center is now the crypto arena. Got a, yeah, yeah. Like you got that right there. You got a cryptocurrency owning an arena now. So you know, I'm okay with that. I'll switch it up. I'll even make a logo with a cheesy biscuit. I'll Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're some fools. All right, all right. Let's 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 get let's talk about football. Let's talk about football. Oh man, do we have to? 
Nah, we kind of don't have to, man. We can talk about Cody Rhodes and him winning the belt. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people hate on him, but I mean, I like I like Cody Rhodes. Like, you know that it's not like WWE where they're like, you know, everybody's everybody's shitting on what they do, but they're unaware. It seems like, you know, they're just it just seems like they're really bad. You know, Rhodes and AEW, they seem like they are self-aware. They know exactly what they're doing and how it looks and how it's coming off to everybody. They, they're just playing with the crowd. Oh, yeah. They did a clip. I saw a clip after uh, Rampage where he told the fans, he was like, all right, guys, the camera's off. You can stop booing now. And they booed even louder. <laughs> <laughs> he knows He knows how to play the crowd. Oh, yeah. He's excellent at it. I'm just like, I don't know. The moment he challenged, I knew something was up. And even though when I went to the AEW event, I booed Cody Rhodes, and I only booed him because I'm like, just turn heel already. But you know, I don't I, think he... I, I was happy for him to win this belt. I was happy he won the belt. Yeah, me too. I don't think he should turn heel, though. I think he should always be just, he should just stick with what he is now. No, it doesn't really make too much sense because if you turn heel, they're gonna boo you or they're gonna cheer you, and that kind of defeats the purpose of turning heel. And didn't he say before that he doesn't want to ever ever be a heel? Yeah, that's that's the biggest lie that he'll probably ever tell. But I get what you mean by you know the heel turn. It's a catch twenty two for me. It's like I feel like he's a natural heel, but then also it's like you really can't go that far. Like. I'm sitting here thinking that he's only won this belt twice. I completely forgot that he won it, that this is the third time around. Yeah, yeah. This so is he's the a third. three-time champion. He's a three-time TNT champion. This is the only belt that he's going to fight for. But a guy on Twitter, I can't remember his name right now, um, he was talking about, he said, so the day when Cody breaks his promise and wins the, the AEW World Heavyweight Championship is going to be glorious. That, that's going to be the moment. If he ever does that, then he's probably going to become the greatest hill ever. He's going to come out here and and say, hey, I will never challenge for this belt. And I kind of hated him for doing that. Because I'm like, then this just makes whatever you do pointless until the TNT title came along. But the moment he does that, he has to go heel. That would be the funniest shit ever. And probably one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. But it just sucks for me. Like, I want to see him as a heel, but there's only so much room or so, so many things he can do because that one title was not there. There's not so much he can do without it. Like, he can keep doing TNT title reigns. He might be a six-time title TNT champion before it's over, but... Yeah, he could be He could be to the TNT title with Jericho as the IC title. Yeah, he might be... You know what? He might be trying to turn that belt into, like, an IC title. I can see it, yeah. I mean, that'll stop my complaint, my silent complaint for more belts. Yeah, I just think that I feel like Cody, he says he doesn't want to be heel. But, you know, deep down, he loves just getting reaction from the crowd. So, like, what better way to get uh, a reaction to everybody hating on you than you just staying in this no man's land of not being a heel but not being a face? And, like, there's nothing worse than a guy who everybody hates on but he thinks he's the good guy. You know, he thinks 
he has comes out with the American flag and all that shit. And he's like, you know, I'm I'm Captain America. But everybody's like, you know, everybody's hating on him. But he's like, you guys should love me. I don't uh, know. It's just that whole character. It just seems really interesting. I get what you mean, because when it comes to the Captain America thing, he'll kind of be like the alter ego, which is U.S. agent. And U.S. agent was just like, come on, guys, you guys are supposed to love me. But he'll take shit to the extreme. Like, yeah, exactly. I am the new Captain America. I always saw him as, um, I don't know if you ever watched this show on Amazon called The Boys. Um, nah. If you haven't, you should definitely watch it. That is a, probably one of the wildest superhero shows you can watch. It's just crazy. I see him more as this character named Homelander, who think he's a he thinks he's a patriot, but he's also like a terrorist at the same time. He's like, I'm doing this for the benefit of you, but I'm also doing this for the benefit of me. And he's takes shit to the extreme, and he's always trying to get a reaction. He cares about what the people say about. It's a lot of wild shit behind that, but I kind of see him as a homelander. Like, he's going to snap eventually. He even dresses like him a little bit. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if that's exactly what the, at least a part of the inspiration came from. That sounds exactly pinpoint to what his character is right now. Yeah, like, when I first saw it, because I hated the whole patriotic thing. When I saw it, I was sitting here like, wow, this guy really seems like he's pulling off a live-action homelander, like a wrestling version. And it's like, uh, and Cody is the type of person that seems like he got that little mental switch where he'll snap and we'll be like, holy shit, what character is this? He'll become the American Nightmare again. And then, yeah, it just it just seems really cool. I like how Cody, he basically, whenever he wants to, he could play the card of, you know, I, I got this company up and running, so you should be thanking me. But at the same time, act like super polite to everyone and genuine. And try to, you know, love love up with the crowd. But everybody's hating on him. And he is, I guess, delirious in a way. Like, his character is that he's unaware. But, yeah. like, in real life, <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. Like, I what? It. I did that? This <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> this is a Steve Urkel kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is the exact kind of, you know, character development that we always wanted from WWE. Now, not to, you know, talk about the other company, but, you know, that's what we always wanted, but they just never gave it to us. Oh, boy. Ain't much I can really tell people on that except for just watch NXT UK. You can watch 2.0 if you feel like it, but NXT UK is the best thing they got going. You don't believe me, you like Walter. If you like Walter, Ilya Dragnall, those guys, yeah. They watch out for Pretty Deadly, too. They're, they're the next coming of Edge and Christian. Mark my words. That's that's why one of the best tag teams I've seen since FTR and DIY. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Th these guys are fucking nuts. I hate their, their sense of clothing. It's terrible. Their ring gear is terrible. Like, they're not the guys that you would show new wrestling fans because they're going to judge them based off of what they wear. It's that bad. Hmm. It's that bad. Like you might not get this. You, you might have to fast forward it and just be like, you know what? Just just go take a bathroom break. I'm just just fast forward to when the 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 bell rings. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll find something for you. Yeah, like you you might want to just do that. Don't let them see the interest and actually see the whole outfit. Cause my girl be clowning those guys. <laughs> like what the fuck are they wearing? Like I don't know, but they had a good match, babe. That's all I can tell you. 
the match was great. <laughs> like you just got to get past that. You know, go to go go take a bathroom break. You know, go go grab a bag of chips or something. You know, their interest be over soon. <laughs> you you don't need to see this. Don't don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of moments that look weird that you know you don't want to show your friends that are interested in wrestling, like the kissing of the cheeks between Young Bucks and Adam Cole. Yep. Yeah, that's that's just that's something that or that weird camera angle they had of Brian Danielson and Adam Page. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll send it to you. I got <laughs> somebody got a picture of it, but it, it was a weird camera angle. They should never do it again. Oh, it, was it, it was it during the match or during the yes. promo? No, it was during the match. Okay, I I probably seen it, but just didn't even think about yeah. it. It's it's okay. You did the right thing. You ignored it. Oh no! <laughs> lucky lucky for you, you could do that. For me, I have someone around me that watches wrestling with me, and she's gonna point out every suspicious thing she sees. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a little sus right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, you see this shit, right? Like you see that, right? Like pause it. You see that, right? <laughs> like you see that type of person. The only thing um from recent NXT that I've seen was what's what's uh Rick Steiner's son's name? Oh, Brian Breaker. Yeah. I I saw a promo with him and uh Tommaso Ciampa. Like it that's the first time I heard him talk. And he sounds just like Scott Steiner. I know, like, right? It's, it's insane. I saw a video. It was like, I forget. I think the title was like, a Don't Call Me Steiner or something. Yeah. And it, it was showing like, you know, Braun Breaker doing something. And then it would cut over to Scott Steiner doing the same exact thing. From like slipping off the ropes to the way he did like a, a her, uh, Frankensteiner. Yeah, stuff like that. I was like, "Oh my god!" I said, "Are we sure this is Rick Steiner's kid?" Yeah. See, the thing about it is, he got his dad's amateur ba- amateur wrestling background. He got like everything from. He got like everything from Scott. It seems like he has like a bit of a look from Rick. He looks more like Rick Steiner, but like everything else is more Scott Steiner. No, his wrestling is like Rick. His promos and the way he talks, mannerism and all, reminds you of Big Papa Pump. I'm just waiting for him to come out with the chains again. <laughs> just, just go full throttle with it. Go ahead and do the math equation while you're at it. If he pulls that off, then just just go ahead and shoot him up to the main roster. Right, I think I think Chompa did something like that when he was talking to him. Oh yeah, he did. I was like, oh shit, I, I forget. Um, I don't know. It was a while. It was like a couple months ago, I think. Or mm-hmm. maybe a month ago. I just felt, you know, I just wanted to rewatch the Scott Snyder promo. And then that was one of the related videos. And I was like, oh shit. I didn't realize how how obvious it is that he's a Steiner. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> now I, I read an article today. I really wish I would have sent it to you. But uh that kid's a freak of nature. I've seen his combine stats. He actually played for Kennesaw State University, which is in Kennesaw, Georgia. Oh, shit. If I'm correct, he was a linebacker. Like his, He, he whole, looks like one. Yeah, like this whole transition is crazy. And whoever hears this, you can quote me if I'm wrong, or just send me the article, because you're going to remember what I'm talking about if you're a wrestling fan. But 
he was an amateur wrestler. Of course, he wrestled in high school, won national championship. I believe he wrestled in college, played football in college. This man went to the combine, <clears throat> ran a 4-4 in the 40. He did a bench press about 35 times. He did 35 reps. I can't remember how much weight. Do you know how much weight they normally have, the average, on the bench press? Uh, 225. Yes, he did that 35 times. Damn. Had a 36-inch vertical. Like, the kid was a freak of fucking nature. He sounds like the perfect, perfect prototype linebacker. Like, a little bit undersized, but damn. He he seems like he's compact enough to fucking uh, lay someone out over the middle. And he actually played for Baltimore. He actually played for Baltimore. The Ravens? Yeah. Really? Yep. He played huh. for Baltimore Ravens. Like, these are just all things. This is what happens when you're on your phones and you're reading something on Facebook, and then when you come back to Facebook after about 30 minutes, they completely change your feed. Thanks a lot, Zuck. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I hope he don't block me for this. Well, you know how he, he's kind of sensitive. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, man. He actually played for Baltimore. He got cut in August. Did his pro wrestling debut like a month later and then showed up at NXT when they did NXT 2.0 back in October. He wait. hasn't even been wrestling for a year yet. Wait, wait. He had Baltimore, He was at Baltimore training camp this year? Bro, this is what I'm trying to tell you. What the fuck? I had no idea. Nobody oh, my God. He, he just came out of college. Yeah. Holy shit. What, was he undrafted? I'm going to have to look this up. That's what I'm sitting here. I can't even lie to you. I'm I'm scrolling trying to refine this article. Fans, if you hear a dog barking, it's just my chihuahua. She's she's adorable, but she's annoying at the same time. I love her, but she's top flight security. She can hear everything. That's a huge problem, though. Okay, you actually see, looked up. Yeah, I, I see his real name. That actually does sound familiar. I found it. <clears throat> Dang, I found it that fast. Boom. I'm about to save it this time. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Stop all that barking. Holy shit. Yeah, he's 24 years old. Yep. God damn. Yep. His vertical would have had him around the top 15 in his position. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like this guy's cr- so here's here it is. He was let go by the um he was let go by the Ravens on August 10th of 2020. Less than two months later, he made his pro wrestling debut. Four months after that, he signed with WWE. Seven months after that, he made his debut. Dude, like I've I've heard this name before. Bronson Rexniner. Yeah. Wow, I have no, I had no idea that was him. The That's things nuts. we know. The things he's a linebacker know. and a fullback. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. Yep. And he's ascending really fast. He may turn. They might turn around, and he's going to be like the next Brock Lesnar. You know, Brock Lesnar left a reign of terror in like two years. 
Like that whole stretch he had in the early 2000s, all that happened in only two years. Yeah. So they may try to fast track him, but he's he's one of the he's actually one of the good parts about NXT 2.0. Okay, I see here that he was actually released uh, August of last year. Yep. <clears throat> I just told you. Damn. I, oh yeah, I, I thought you meant of uh, 2021. I was like, damn, that was super quick. Oh no, I went back and found the article so I can get my facts right. Uh, damn, that's crazy. I know, I know, I said that like forty-five times, but whew, that's actually a nice little segue. Yeah, that is true. Wow, we don't spent a lot of time on on these things. I'll give you <laughs> one last thing before we actually go into like real football, football-related stuff. I give you one last uh, comment, and it's actually about football. This guy has always slipped my mind, but I don't know how it keeps happening. But have you, by any chance, had a chance to see Jalen Waddle play or see his numbers? Yeah. That guy's he a is, beast. <laughs> dude, I believe... I know me and Dylan both had him over Devontae Smith coming out. I think I had Waddle as my number two either my number two or number three receiver behind Jamar Chase. I was really high on Rondell Moore, so I think I had I think I had Waddle number two. But yeah, he's Duke can fly. Oh, not just that, Duke can catch. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely hands out this world. He's definitely coming into his own. Um I gotta look up oh, his actual wait. stats are. Oh, you ain't got to look up that much, dog. I can't prepare it for you today. Ah, shit. I came, to, I came to tell you these things because we got to start delivering the great news. It's not just stats. It's interesting facts about him. Entering Monday night, he was the highest-graded rookie receiver per, fo- <laughs> pro, uh, per pro, pro football focus. He tied Jerry Rice's record for 10 receptions on Monday by a rookie. He has six or more... Like six or more receptions in nine of his fourteen games, he already broke the record for the Dolphins. Uh, seen like um, receiving yards, he already broke that record, and he still got time. And he's only six receptions away from breaking Anquan Bolden's record for most receptions in a season by a rookie, one on one. Yeah, that's that's crazy. He's he's definitely gonna break that. Um, we got two games left, so he. I can almost guarantee he's going to break that record without even needing the extra game. But, like, throw that 17th game on top of it, he's going to be 110-plus for a rookie. That's... Waddle's, like... If Jamar Chase didn't come out in this class, Waddle would be by far the best rookie receiver. He's having a silent rookie of the year campaign that nobody's talking about. Yeah, like, it deserves to be Rookie of the Year conversation, but he's just not going to get it when you have Jamar Chase. And then, even defensively, I know they have Rookie of the Year on defense and offense, but if you were to combine them together, he would still be behind Michael Parsons, too. Yeah, most definitely. And also, it's the fact that he plays for the Dolphins. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, They became the first team to make history, by the way. They they did some crazy shit. First team to have a seven game losing streak and a seven game winning streak. 
<laughs> in the same year. Yeah, dude, they're on a roll. It just they haven't played anybody. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm I'm not trying to discredit them. I'm just trying to say that come playoff time, no one should fear Miami. If you they sure? if they if they make it. Not even the defense? Uh I, I gotta actually look that up. Like maybe on the scale, of, they haven't been as dominant as last year, so we, we ain't gotta we ain't gotta worry about that. They're like they're not like no oh you should definitely watch out for that. No, they're not like that, but you know they yeah. have their moments. Yeah, I mean, looks like they have a middle of the pack defense. Um, they're seventeenth overall, fifteenth against the pass, but they are seventh against the rush. So at least at least they're pretty good there. But, yeah, uh, hold on, right quick. Yeah. That might benefit them if the playoffs were to start today. They got the Titans. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think they're actually gonna do anything. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we've been wrong before. We've seen wildcard teams go on a run that we didn't expect. Or wrong before. Have you seen my lock of the week record? It's about nah, as close to them. <laughs> <laughs> like it's about it's about as close to them. Like, I got comfortable towards the end of the season. I ain't going to lie. You, you kind of know what teams are what by now. But shit, I didn't know the Chargers was going to go get their ass smacked by the damn Texans. I know, right? <laughs> like, there's things that was, we still That was don't my know. lock, too. Like, there's, there's things we still don't know. But I think I'm on, like, a two, three lock losing streak right now. Like, three weeks. Damn, hey, really? Yeah, I was. I think I started off, like, 7-0. and oh, You did. And then I lost, like, four straight. And they were like the easy ones too. I had like, I'm gonna have to go back and look, but I oh, had like the most, it was like the most unlikely upset victories. And then of course we had the Chargers losing to Houston last week. I'm 11 and five right now for locks. So I mean, that's, you know, that's good. But a lock is supposed to be guaranteed. So yeah. Oh, boy, I'm eight and eight right now. Oh, damn. Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs. They kind of they kind of helped me out. <laughs> okay, oh, your lock to... this week? Your lock this week is Chiefs over Bengals? Oh no, that's not my lock this week. That's my game of the week. Last week the Chiefs okay. were my lock against the Steelers. Oh no, that's oh no, no. Oh, well, at least you got that one right. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> no, no, no. I would not make that a lock. That's either gonna be my game of the week or upset of the week. I haven't decided yet. It could be both. I considered yeah. it for both. I think I have it as my game of the week. Man, shoot, I've done this. I've done an article before where I've had, I think it was uh, the Patriots versus the Bills, actually. I had that as my game of the week, and then I had that as my upset of the week. I just gave out two different reasons. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of games throughout the season that can, that could be considered both. But... Shoot, just like Dallas and uh, Dallas and Cardinals. I don't think that's going to be as good of a game as as it sounds. Maybe if it was early in the season, yes. Now, no. If we had DeAndre out there and a healthy Kyler, all right. But nah, I think Cowboys going to – I think they're going to win by, like, 10 points. I can see that. <laughs> I can definitely that, see that. The way the defense is playing, I feel I feel bad for Kyler. I hope he can hold up. Ooh. 
Micah Parsons coming at him, man. <laughs> True. Yep. He's just a little boy. Ah, oh, come on, man. That's cr- man. That's not even right, dog. Jason yelled that out at Darby Allen when we was at Dynamite and he was getting tossed around. <laughs> like, like he yelled that out. <laughs> he's like, he's just a little boy. <laughs> like, man, that's perfect. Oh, well, we gotta be careful. I'm not even gonna do that. Let's go to the next topic. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew what I was about to say, but I forgot. TK a little sensitive. Let's go on to the next topic. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, so how you feel going into the playoffs after uh week sixteen? Like how you feel? I got all the playoff teams right here. Do you feel any different? Do you still see your do you still see the Bills and the Cowboys? No. <laughs> I changed that like two weeks ago. I know, but it might it might have jumped back and came back into your heart. So I had to ask. Yeah, I mean if you if you listen to us week to week, it seems like we're like changing our minds every week and we're jumping ship and everything. Like that that's not it. Basically what it is is we we're adjusting our predictions based on the information that we receive. I mean um, it's actual. Yeah, I mean shit shit jumps up and down all the time. My my immediate reaction looking at the two sides is number one is the NFC is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, Green Bay 12 and three Dallas 11 and four Rams Bucks also 11 and four. And then you got the Cardinals San Fran and the Eagles in the wild card as the wild card spots. I mean, I I don't think Arizona is going to do anything. I don't think they're going to, I can see Tampa and Arizona both going out early. Um, probably the Eagles too, but I don't know. San Fran and Philly just seem like teams that might get hot. As much as I don't want to say that, being around all these Eagles fans. But they just feel to me like a team that could get on a roll. Um, Green Bay, Dallas, and the Rams. I still don't know how to feel about the Rams right now. They seem like a very up and down team, like Buffalo, um, Green Bay. I'm picking Green Bay still to uh, go Super Bowl from the NFC side. Uh, what, what do you think about the NFC? Uh, personally, I, I've been having anxiety for like the past three weeks because, like, a part of me really want to say the Bucks ain't going to going back to the Super Bowl. Like oh, a part true. of you, like a part of me is starting to feel it, and it's like I'm having a hard time accepting it because, you know, this whole this showdown, this this so-called trilogy that I would love to see between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, it, it may not happen. I might have to settle with just one Super Bowl, and you know, Patrick Mahomes gonna have to regret that for the rest of his life. Like, imagine having to go through the rest of your career with Tom Brady basically being your Eli Manning. And I'm only saying, like, I'm, I'm saying that because Tom Brady regrets losing those Super Bowls to Eli Manning. So, like, just oh, imagine yeah. just imagine going through the rest of your career, and you're going to have this great, illustrious career, and that one asterisk is that you lost to Tom Brady, and that's what's going to stop you from being in that GOAT conversation. Because yeah, you played I, against Tom. I feel you. 
uh, on one on one end, you want to say, you know, Tom Brady's the goat. You know, mm-hmm. it's no shame in losing the Super Bowl to Tom Brady. But at the same time, like you said, if you want to eventually try to get yourself into that goat debate, and then you're only a uh, matchup with Brady in the Super Bowl you lost, that's that's always going to be there, and that's always going to linger over you. I just I just like to imagine. <laughs> Tom Brady and Peyton Manning just having a talk. And then Peyton looks at him and says, just remember, no matter how many Super Bowls you won, Eli Manning beat you twice. <laughs> yep. But back to your I, question at hand, though. I'm sorry, just continue. No, 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 you're good. Uh, back to your question at hand about the NFC. I got a feeling that the playoffs is going to be as unexpected as we think. Like, all these games that we think are going to be just super-duper fun to watch, I feel like the run game is going to kill it all. There's a lot of good running teams in the playoffs in the NFC. And there's teams that have a hard time stopping the run. And I'm starting to get scared of Philly. I'll admit that. I'm starting to get a little bit scared of Philly. It's something about the NFC least. It's something about (laughs) about that division over there. To where certain teams you can't let go to the playoffs. Like you can let the Cowboys go. They haven't won a playoff game since before I was born. So <laughs> you can you can let the, you can let them go. <laughs> you can let them go. That might be an over exaggeration, but you know I'm I'm still in my twenties and I haven't witnessed the Cowboys win a playoff game since I can remember football. <laughs> since I could remember football, I haven't seen the Bengals or the Cowboys win a football game. I just want to oh, let man. you know that. So, you know, I, I don't worry about them that much yet because we don't know, we won't know who they really are until then. But it's teams like the Giants, when they get up in there, they fuck shit up. They they really just fuck shit up. And then the Eagles, their running game is getting better. Miles Sanders is back. Jalen Hurts is trying to play better. And I feel like they shouldn't give, on, give up on him so soon. Like, I'll, I feel like they should let this go out for like at least another two years and see what can really happen if you put weapons and get a full season with everybody. Even though you know it's impossible, we got injuries and COVID, but you catch my drift, Josh. But I'm scared of the Eagles. The 49ers got to deal with Jimmy G's injury, so they're kind of like, yeah, you're you're not gonna really do much. I can't see Trey Lance jumping in there and just being, you know, conservative, efficient, and taking them deep into the playoffs. So no. Cardinals, you said it already about the Cardinals. What hasn't been said about the Cardinals, especially the past, like, five, six weeks? Yeah, going back to the Eagles, Miles Sanders is actually out. Again? Uh, at least at least for now, with a broken hand. Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, I saw that. Oh. I, saw, I saw that he won't go on injured reserve. So, hopefully that means he'll be back within the next couple of weeks. But it's only two weeks, and then there's the wild. <laughs> I, can't gar- I can't guarantee a playoff win without him. You know, I, I completely agree. I can't guarantee the Cowboys made it. See, these are things I look at these brackets because I like to sit here and go week. I've been doing it the past couple of weeks. I've just been going week by week, seeing how these games are laying out and adjusting, like you said, adjusting these predictions leading up to the Super Bowl. And it was like every matchup the Cowboys have been swi- like switched around in, I was just like, they might actually lose this. I really like the Rams and Cowboys game. That would have been a great storyline. 
But now the Eagles without Miles Sanders, you just gave the Cowboys a playoff win. They're going to get a playoff win by default. Everybody's going to say they're Super Bowl bound again. I'm going to have to say, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> like, oh, I, man. I'm not ready because they became who I thought they was. Like, it just kind of just settled in after a while. You know, the popcorn. I don't know what it is about being on Hard Knocks, but you see what happened, right? You're noticing this, right? The Cowboys was on Hard Knocks before the season. They started off the season hot. They started the second half of Hard Knocks with the Colts, and now the Colts are hot. I don't know what it is about Hard Knocks, Josh. <laughs> it's yeah, doing I mean... something. <laughs> but Green Bay, dog. If I had to say anybody besides the Bucks, it's Green Bay. Because, you know, you know, I, want, I silently want Aaron Rodgers to win a Super Bowl and then leave Green Bay. I feel like that would be a great story. Oh, yeah, that would be the biggest, uh, you know, uh, story of the offseason. Um, we already know that I want Green Bay to win it, too. But I also want, like, there's so many teams in this, in the NFC who are in the playoff picture who I would be more than okay with seeing win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I talked about before Green Bay with Rodgers, the Rams, mostly from my bias, bias because I love Von Miller. Um, I want to see, I want to see Dallas too. Uh, you know, I just think that they're, they're a really good team and I think they deserve to actually have some success. You don't want to see the Bucks? No. Really? Not even a little bit? No. Not even a teaspoon. Like, there's nothing about seeing Tom Brady win another Super Bowl ring that kind of, like, make your nipples hard? Like, nothing? <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I would want to see him have success is uh, my boy Chris Godwin. But, you know, he's hurt. He's, uh, he tore his ACL, so... Uh, I, I also want to see more chances went out the window. Yeah, I heard that. I think Mike Evans just went on IR. Yeah. So, you know, you got Antonio Brown, which did you hear his uh, latest um, uh, press conference? No. He was basically going up there and saying, you know, the whole thing about him uh, and his fake uh, vaccination cards, right? Yeah. He basically went up there and he's, in essence, blaming the media for, you know, writing out these stories and making him look bad, even though he's the one who actually did all this in the first place. We're not really, you know, we're not really talking about, you know, the vac- COVID and vaccines and all that stuff. Get out of but your panties, just... vaccine socialist. We're not talking about <laughs> it. We're talking about sports. You're talking about a card like Monopoly. Continue, exactly. <laughs> it's just funny to me because it seems like we're talking about Cody Rhodes being self-aware. AB just seems like he's anything but. He seems like Vince McMahon on the self-aware, self-aware scale. You know what I mean? Like, it's. I've heard this before. I think it was 2017. Steelers played the Bengals. And it was, it was either in the playoffs or at the end of the regular season. He suffered like a huge hit from Vontaze Perfect. And it seemed like ever since then, he's been, you know, acting the way he does now. With, rec- you know, recording, uh, going Facebook Live in the locker room. And then all this other stuff with what's going on and his off the field stuff. 
Yeah. It. I. I don't want to like. You know, try to add to a. I guess a conspiracy theory. But it just seems odd that after that hit, that was a hit to the head. After that hit, it seems like AB just started going crazy. That's an interesting theory. But anyways, like you were saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I kind of want to see San Fran do something in the playoffs, too. Um, you know, I already, I already gave my apology for Kyle Shanahan last week for thinking he was going to get fired. Then again, they are eight and seven, so it's not like they're, you know, 12 and three, but he's got them right there in the wild card race right now. They are the sixth seed. So I believe if the season were to end today, San Fran would be at the Rams. So that's a division game. You never know. I feel like I feel like San Fran can make some noise. Obviously the top seeds, Green Bay and uh Dallas and the Rams. I just don't see Tampa or Arizona actually going anywhere. I'm just gonna be like in shock for like another week. I'll come to a conclusion next week. I'm just gonna be in shock for another week on this one. Yo, honestly, we could say that every week until the Super Bowl. Nah. I'm going to be set on my opinion eventually. Nah, I'm not going right. to do that. You know we're going to you, you know we're going to have that. We're going to sit down and think about every single game. Like, but <laughs> I just got that sure, you know, I had that surefire feeling at the beginning of the year. And then, you know, we never factored in the Madden curse. Oh, yeah. Nobody ever factored in the Madden curse anymore. Like, that's still a thing. If it doesn't affect you, it's going to affect your team. You know, it seemed like both Mahomes and Brady were on the cover, so it seemed like it hit Mahomes first. And then Mahomes is recovering, so now it's bouncing off to Tom Brady. Yep. Told you shit been crazy since uh, since uh, football season fell on Halloween Sunday. Ever since that Halloween Sunday, things have been crazy in the league. Yeah, for real. Like, it's nuts. How you feeling about the AFC? <sighs> AFC is such a murky picture, too. Because, like, right off, right off jump, I want to say Kansas City. But Buffalo is another one of those Jekyll and Hyde teams where one week, one week they're looking like they should be you know, on the outside looking into the playoffs, the next week they look like they should be the one seed. And then you got New England. I mean, you know, Belichick's a great coach. Mac Jones has looked good at times. But they just seem like you don't know what you're going to get either. Uh, we talked about the Chiefs. Their defense has been a lot better. I want to say the Chiefs are probably the best bet. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be really fun to see them in Cincinnati. That'll be possibly an AFC title game preview. And Did then I hear you just say that the Chiefs are the best bet. I think you're forgetting someone, Josh. I was about to pass that off to you. You forgot him last week too. No, 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 no. I did not <laughs> forget him last week. I did not. The Colts are my dark horse last week. I'm not forgetting Indy. 
However, we want Kansas City. However, Carson Wentz is on the COVID list. Yeah, I heard. I heard. And, and they, you know, they called Philip Rivers. Did they? Yep, they called Philip Rivers. That would that would be very smart. I'll take that one comeback game. I trust them. I mean, it might it might end up having to be. Actually, no, never mind. I was going to say it might end up having to be two, but you know he might just have to miss like ten game ten days, so it would just be one. Um, we got Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> we got Jonathan Taylor. We have a great head coach in Frank Wright, and he knows how to game, how to manage these games and play keep away. We L- will be fine. Luckily, all they have is the Raiders and the Jaguars, so they oh. should emphasize should yep. go two and zero here. Um, yeah. You know, you know how the Colts can get sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we I mean, Colts... play the Jaguars, and next thing you know, we're down 30-13. Yeah, right? Looking like Jaguars one win from last year. Exactly. Like, come on now. That division right there is tricky. You see what Houston did? Put a 41 on the Chargers. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the Colts schedule. And it looks like they only lost this season. They only lost to one team that's below 500, and that was Seattle week one. Their losses came to the Rams, uh, Tennessee twice, Baltimore, and Tampa. So, I mean, it it definitely doesn't look like they're going to lose to uh, bad teams. They, they shut out Houston in uh, week 13, 31-0. So, they, they should be able to take care of business. Oh, absolutely. I have faith. And if the playoffs were to start today, we will beat Buffalo again. Damn. Yes. Old will beat Buffalo. Yes, we will beat Buffalo again. You beat the Patriots, and y'all got it right when the weather was great. Ooh. No offense, Josh Allen. I like you and all. I like Stephon Diggs, too. But the Colts are a very good team this year. I feel like nobody really wants to see them. I get Carson Wentz is out, but y'all saw that throw he did last week on Saturday. Yeah, on top of that, hard knocks. It's something about hard knocks. People need to stop being afraid to go on that show. When you go on that show, you win games. Yeah, I mean, uh, you also got to look at, you never know. It's most likely not going to happen. But Tennessee has Miami, and then they're at Houston. If, by some miracle, Tennessee loses out, and the Colts win their games. The Colts take that division. And then all of a sudden, they're, you know, probably the two seed. And all of a sudden, everything looks different. Like I said, it's probably not going to happen, but you never know. Yeah, they got a great coach in Tennessee. I, I'm hearing rumors of a... Uh, I've heard two things. I've heard that Derrick Henry is close. I think we're like a week or two away from Derrick Henry coming back. I heard Cam Akers is off of the injury reserve list. I don't know if he played last week, though, for the Los Angeles Rams. No, nah, he didn't play last week. I know Cam. I heard I heard Cam uh, might be active for this, this week's game. I feel like they're going to only give him, like, 
maybe like three or four touches. Then mm-hmm. I'm actually going to try to use them. Uh, Cam Akers and Derrick Henry, they're both, you know, they'll return when the playoffs start. Cam, obviously, he missed the whole year. So they probably, you know, want to give him a few reps just to get it right. But he is way better than Sony Michelle and uh, Darrell Henderson. So if he can get back up to speed and be ready for the playoffs, dude, that could be that could be a game changer. Yeah. Same thing with same thing with obviously Derrick Henry. If Henry never got hurt, Tennessee would probably be in the one seed right now. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, this conversation is meant to change around because we're getting close to the playoff season, so we don't know what's going to happen. But it's fun to talk about it. Uh, also, back to the AFC picture. One of my teams got to stay in the play, stay in the Super Bowl, and so Kansas City, because one of my teams got to, one of my teams are going to go back, and the Bucks look too beat up. I don't think they can get back with just Antonio Brown and um. Rob Gronkowski, they need more than that. But Kansas City is starting to peak at the right time, and we're actually going to get a showdown because Patrick Mahomes looks like Patrick Mahomes again. So when they play the Bengals, that's going to be fun. Don't look now, but Joe Burrow's looking like Patrick Mahomes. Well, Joe Burrow looks like Joe Burrow, dog. Come on now. (laughs) Joe Burrow (laughs) looks like Joe Burrow. (laughs) And that was a a fantastic game. I love that they just just kept throwing it. Like, they had Baltimore beat, but they were just like, fuck it. We're just going to keep raining on those stats. Joe Burrow was the same man in the BCS National Championship game that was pointing at his finger in third quarter, I believe. This man was pointing at his finger like, where my ring? (laughs) Like, come on. This man is something else. He likes to compete. He's a competitor. So he ain't afraid of talking shit, and he'll go tell the coach, hey, hey, Zach, we're going to keep throwing the ball. But we're up by 20. Hey, we want to try out this play we tried in practice. We're going to keep throwing the ball. All right. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I can I can see him going up to going up to his receivers and being like being like Jabbar, T, Tyler. Better get open. Man, this nigga might fuck around and try to catch a pass. He might try to catch a pass to TD before the season's out. Hey, I mean, I could see it. Hey, I could see him being like, you know, telling his guys. Hey, you guys want a couple more touchdowns? All right, let's go get it. Oh, boy. I wonder, I'm curious about how they're going to handle, like, playoff teams, especially with this extra week, and we got teams clinching playoff spots now. Are we We're probably going to see teams or see players sit in week 18, or are they actually going to play? Because the playoff picture is still, like, pretty much wide open. They got four, like, was it 24 teams that are mathematically still alive? And that's a lot. Yeah, that's a fuck ton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I could see, I could see only the teams that are specifically either playing for. Obviously, if you're trying to play for a, a playoff spot, you can keep playing. But if you have a shot at the one seed, I feel like you're going to keep playing. But if you're in the, you know, five seed, six seed, and you're probably locked in. I can see teams resting their guys, which is another reason why when you're playing fantasy football, the week before the last week of the season, that should be your championship week. Because otherwise, the Colts could, you know, have a wild card spot locked up. And then in the second quarter of week 18, they could sit Jonathan Taylor 
try to rest them up for the playoffs, and then just like that, you're fucked. Boom. So you oh. you know you you want to you want to try to maximize what you know and get that championship week, get that championship in while you know that people are still playing. All right. That was nice. <clears throat> so let's transition from playoff teams to one particular team that isn't going to be in the playoffs, I believe, for the second year in a row, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, just to ask you first, I can let you go first. What do you think that Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson should do? Like, what's next? I don't think there's any other answer to this other than part ways. I feel like. Obviously, the answer when you say what is there, what is left for, you know, party A and party B, what is left for them to do? Obviously, you want to say win a Super Bowl. But when you look at this team, they're not ready. They're not going to be in contention for another Super Bowl anytime soon. Uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are fantastic receivers. But they just seem to be inconsistent throughout the season. Some of that is from Russell Wilson's injury, but some of that is also on them. Other than these two guys, really, I don't really see too much talent on this entire team. Bobby Wagner and uh, Jamal Adams, they're fantastic on defense. But that's about it. You know, the offensive line has gotten better, but it's still not what you want to, you know, to, to block in front of Russell Wilson. Wilson, I believe he is 33. Yeah. So he's not old. But then again, you you got guys like Brady, obviously. I think Ben is like, Ben Roethlisberger is like 39. But he's playing like he's 72. (laughs) Um, Now, he, Russell Wilson came into the league, I believe, as a rookie at like 24. Somewhere around there. So he's he was an older rookie. Um, he, you know, when you just hear the name Russell Wilson, you think he's like maybe thirty, but you know he's a little older. It seems like he should be basically one of those players that he's he should be looking for a team to win a Super Bowl now. You know, he's the kind of guy who can turn a Turn a team who is either a, you know, wild card type team or a team looking out, looking in on, uh, from the outside. He can go out there and turn them into a Super Bowl contender, especially if he gets, you know, training uh, the offseason and then moving into training camp, preseason, all that to rest up from his injury. So, you know, once he's back, he should be all good to go again. He's never been the kind of quarterback with a super strong arm. So if he has his mobility still, he's got his accuracy, got his what what the old football guys like to call it, like the like the grit. Yeah. <laughs> he's got Moxie. But you know, he's he's a great quarterback. I just feel like he should be somewhere that's gonna appreciate him, give him talent on the team around him to go out there and try to win another Super Bowl. I have a few teams here who I feel like he might go to, might be traded to. 
Uh, I don't know if you wanted to talk on this at all. Uh, no, I got a quick, I got a little quick take on it, but you can go ahead with your list because I had a list of trade destinations. Ah, cool. Well, obviously we had um, the rumors of him being, you know, wanting to go to New York, go to the Giants. I think that trade could include Daniel Jones and some draft picks. I don't, I don't know if Seattle would really want Daniel Jones or not. That's really on them. But uh, got the Giants. I believe the Broncos were mentioned. And I believe the Raiders were mentioned, too. Ooh, what? I like Derek Carr. Yeah, he's he's a solid quarterback. But uh, I believe I believe he was uh, he mentioned the Raiders when you're talking about teams he would go he would go to. Mm-hmm. And a couple other teams that I've. I've heard from, you know, like other podcasts and, you know, stuff like that. Miami, I like Tua, but I could see Miami trading Tua and, you know, a couple first round picks. Same thing with Chicago. They could trade Justin Fields and a couple of picks. I like Fields too, but I mean, Chicago might, might be interested in making that deal. And the other one is, the New Orleans Saints. I don't know how you know how the guys up there in Seattle would feel about trading Russell to, you know, a conference conference rival. But I mean the Saints looking for a quarterback. They got your boy Taysom Hill, the no, favorite no, player in the league. No, no, no. This man Far says Taysom it. Hill will be the GOAT. I, I did not say that. He said he is, he's getting paid $90 million, but he deserves $190 million. No, the hell he does not. <laughs> he's far from it. He, he deserves the league minimum. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> this, man, this man didn't even get a Pro Bowl vote. Like, 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 hey, I didn't even know. Did he play tight end this year? Like, did he even have a catch? I, I, think, I think he did. Oh, wow. You, it, can, you can talk on Russell Wilson. I'll look that up for you. Oh Lord! Don't you dare look that up. Don't. Dude, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, you suck, man. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's simple on this. Um, you actually had about most of the teams that I've had down. Let me see that. Oh, nice. You had four, and I actually have three more. Just some names to throw out there. I'm looking at what they have, but just to do this part for a quick second. I'm not saying that Pete Carroll can't coach, but I just want to understand why does he still have a job? I like we're what about a good eight years removed from that Super Bowl? Yeah, it's been longer. What was the Super Bowl? 2013? 2014? Yeah. When he lost to the Patriots? That was the last time he was there. Yeah, I believe they lost right after they whooped on the Broncos. Yeah. That was t- okay, so I think I think they lost in 2016. No, 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 no. They, they lost in 2014. I'm sorry. Okay, so seven years removed. They missed the playoffs twice. And it's like they've gotten, it's like they've slowly gotten worse every single year. And now here we are. You don't want to give Russ any input when it comes to picking players, and you clearly see that it works for the greats, Tom Brady. So you you feel like, no, we don't want to give him that much control. His offensive line 
has been inexistent as long as Raw has been inexistent. And I think that's been about a good five, six years. Why are we still here? Like, how does this man still have a job? Why didn't y'all sit here and say, you know what, we don't want to blow this whole thing up because you have something to build on. It's not like you have nothing to build. They had a little bit. Just a little bit. You've already named that small amount. You can name one a hand. But you got a little bit to build with. And you don't want to just say, you know what, let's bring in a more offensive-minded coach because he keeps because Carroll just keeps trying to bring back this Legion of Boom and it's not working. And he even said, I believe it was today or yesterday, he was like, I don't feel like we need to rebuild. I feel like we just need to figure out how to use the pieces that we have here. Bro, you've had a long-ass time to figure out how to use the pieces that you got. And now we're in a situation to where me personally, if I was the GM, I ain't about to lose Russ. Pete, we got to let you out. I'm not going to lose Russ. It's simple. This is like when Henry Cavill said, I want to still play Superman. It was like, okay, Henry, what do you want? I just want my super. I just want my man to steal two movie, and they just kept going around the bush. This is what's happening with Russell Wilson right now. All he wants is his man to steal two movie, and they just said, "Nah, we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna bring back the Legion of Boom because we won a Super Bowl that way. We can do it again." But coach, everybody is throwing the ball. We're gonna do that for four games, and then we're gonna hand the ball off for the rest of the season. I would have said, "Screw this, Pete. You gotta go." We'll find somebody else for Russ. But here we are. Russ is going to leave. I think I called it last year that Russ was going to leave. I thought he would have left last year, but, you know, he wanted to try again. And I like the names because I like, you know, Miami with Jalen Waddle. He'll have a consistent wide receiver. No offense to DK, but he'll have a consistent wide receiver. Denver, this is just – Denver got to go for this shit now. Like, it's either him or Rodgers or Watson. Wilson, Rogers, Watson. <laughs> One of those three got to go to Denver. I don't really care for the New York Giants. One thing that I feel like is interesting is Minnesota. Yeah, do a quarterback, quarterback. I feel like, yeah, this what? What? Think about that for a second. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, <laughs> Dalvin Cook with Russell Wilson. Oh, my God. And they're playing in a dome. Hello. <laughs> and then, especially if Rodgers leaves, the division oh is wide my open. Oh, God. Jesus exactly. Christ. That'll be a great move. You have a high-powered offense with consistent-ass players, a good offensive-minded coach with a good defense still. You got a running back you can hand the ball off to after y'all kill him through the air for the first three quarters just to close the game out. You got weapons. Bro, could you imagine the fan base of the Bears and the Lions? They're like, oh, finally, Rodgers is gone. We have a chance. And then Russell comes in. They're like, well, fuck. Yep. <laughs> just throw the whole division away. Then it turns into the NFC least. Like, just throw the whole damn division away. Because, yeah. let's be honest, yeah, I Jordan think... Love is not going to – I mean, I'm not saying Jordan Love isn't going to be something. He might be, you know, average. We don't really know what he's going to be. He might he's... He might be good. Yeah, but... might be good. <laughs> if I were to – place my bets i would say he's a little he'll be a little closer to daniel jones than Aaron Rodgers. yeah damn that's a that's a tough comparison Whew. Oh, i got another one for you though actually got two you're gonna laugh at one of them you might oh, laugh boy. at both of these two uh washington football team i'm laughing at it. mclaurin 
You got a great defense. Oh, that's not the team you're going to laugh at. That's not the team. Cleveland uh, Browns. Could... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at the Browns. I mean, I guess I am. I'm laughing more at the fact that like what happened to Baker Mayfield? He looked so good in his rookie year. He looked not just good for Cleveland, like legitimately a good quarterback. He had a great rookie year. But then after that, it all went to shit. Like last year, he was fine. He had uh, Chubb and Hunt running the football. Dude, if Russell Wilson has Chubb and Hunt behind him, and they have a good offensive line right now. Um, I, f- I forget his name. Jack something. Uh, they're, they're right tackle. He's on IR. So it, it would be a lot better. Uh, their old line would be good. A good running game. All Cleveland would have to do is get a couple of receivers. Because, I mean, I don't, I'm not that big on Jarvis. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is good. But he ain't going to be a number one. I don't think he's going to be a number two. He'd be a good number three. Um, you got Austin Hooper and David Njoku at tight end. That could be something decent for for us. You never know what Lamar Jackson Baltimore is going to do. The Bengals are probably going to run that division for the next five years. Um, Pittsburgh, I don't... Ben's probably getting ready to stumble his way into the retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless he trips and falls like in that Jacksonville game. Oh shit. Did you see that? <laughs> you saw that, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm I'm gonna throw on the run. <laughs> he throws it and falls. God damn. I watched that I watched that clip on Twitter like 30 times. It was amazing. Somewhere out there in Pittsburgh, there's a 40-year-old man. Who Big Ben was his favorite player, and he's watching him turn into shit, turn into shit, and it's just a very sad thing to watch for him. <laughs> he's watching everybody at the stadium say, "Sit down, retire." And he just sit there with his hoodie on, just have his head down in the seat. <laughs> he goes home to his wife and say, "How was the game?" Don't ask me that, Janet. <laughs> Damn, Janet. Like, oh my god, I can imagine how he felt after that. Uh... <laughs> After playing the Chiefs last week. Oh man. Oh. Jesus. Yeah. Huh. Uh, little little uh side note here. Taysom Hill has three catches on the season. Oh wow. Two catches in week four against the Giants for 26 yards. And week five, he has one catch for eleven yards against Washington. You you asked if he has a single catch, and he asked three. Where's $90 million? Where's the $90 million? Hey, you're the one who said $190 million. You said he deserves every penny. I in, just... fact, in fact, give him a raise. Give him a bonus. Oh, dude, I'm about to yell out some outlandish words. My mom's going to bust through this door. <laughs> we do not no. want to be known on this podcast for her busting through this door and giving us a funny <laughs> You know, that'd be good for the show. Bring her on in. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Hell no. This is, man, I'm I'm not even going to entertain this. I feel like I'm going to have to do just one segment 
just talk about this Taysom Hill thing with $90 million and just get it off my chest. Burn the paperwork afterward. You know what? Just go ahead and add that for next week. It's just, <laughs> I'm going to just get it off my chest before the season's over. My feelings about Taysom Hill. And I know he don't care. He's $90 million richer. But, dude, that is the worst. That is terrible. Like, three catches? What the hell says $90 million about three catches? And they weren't even touchdowns. No, it was a it was a grand total of thirty seven yards. <laughs> you got any final comments on this segment, sir? No, I, no, just just I would. We talk about Russ, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just that I would love to see Russell Wilson in a Denver uniform. If Russell Rogers or Watson come to Denver, I am coming on this show and I'm screaming Super Bowl at the top of my lungs. Oh, boy. And I got to tell you about this funny moment before we we go into this next segment, by the way. I got to tell you about Christmas for a second. Oh, let's go. Uh, Just for a quick second. Uh, By the way, the next segment, of course, is going to be what will it take for a wide receiver to win MVP? And, of course, I brought some facts with me. But so for Christmas, I have turned into everything I did not want to be. Oh, no. My Auntie Frida. Bought me two Atlanta Falcons hats for Christmas. I have turned into everything I did not want to be. I'm a Colts fan. Buy me Colts attire, not Falcons attire. I treat the Falcons <laughs> like investment news, okay? I just read it to keep up with them. And I know a little bit of their worth. Like Kyle Shanahan got fired. Of course, we'll take it back as offensive coordinator. Don't tell them I said that, but they know it's true. But yeah. I got, I'm a, I'm, unfortunately, I'm a Falcons fan now. Like, full on, I got gear now. <laughs> this is, this is a sad day. It was a sad day. It was good. Just, just say they're your NFC team. They're your favorite oh, NFC team. Oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, hell no. You know, I used to do that back in the day. I had me a team in the AFC and the NFC. Then I was just like, you know what? I'm more of a Colts fan than any of it. So, yeah, but nah, man, I just support my home team. Let's keep it that way. Let's just support my home team. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know how you clap when they do something good? You know how you got that one neighbor that's always rooting you on that you maybe see every once in a while? Mm. Yeah, that's what I am to Falcons. That's what I am. Hey, you know, I'm here. I'm here, you know. She could have got me a Kyle Pitts jersey. I would not have been upset. Yeah, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, man, the one thing. I would have taken this and been happy. I would take a Cordero Patterson jersey. Even yeah. a fake one. Or your boy, your boy AJ Terrell. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's been he's been very surprising this year. Top five. Yeah. He was at the time, what was it, 2019? Yep. He, oh, he, he came was out last year. He's a sophomore. No oh, way, is he? Jesus Christ. Is it oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So already? twenty so twenty twenty. He played twenty twenty and this twenty twenty one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he was he was like one of the biggest reaches in the first round. Yeah, I know. And he's from Atlanta. That's what only makes it even sweeter. It's yeah, crazy. it's a good story. It's a good he story. Had, he was sick during that bowl game that he got torched. They don't talk about that. Now, you, you know people would hear that and just say, oh, he's just making excuses. No, a lot of people play hurt. It's like, you know, you still play the game. Exactly. I heard, I was listening to, do you listen to Undisputed? Yeah. 
I'll watch it. Yeah, so the number of times I'm talking to myself, right? I'm I'm at work. I'm listening to the podcast. Skip Bayless is making all these excuses for Baker Mayfield because he's hurt. And he's talking about how he has, like, torn this, torn that. And I'm like, if you're going to make that many excuses for your bad play for injuries, don't play. Case Keenum is a good backup quarterback. He can come in there and fill in for you while you recover. That way, when you come back, you're healthy and you have no excuse not to be good. You know, when you say that, it's kind of like one thing I've been thinking. I don't talk about it a lot because it sounds ridiculous in football. But with them adding an extra game and then thinking about adding another extra game, they may need to think about playing backup quarterbacks more often. And that means if you have a backup quarterback and he can come in and win you a game or two and your starter needs a game or two, let him play a game or two and let that starter get that rest. I feel like the backup quarterback is going to start to become more valuable as time goes on, especially with that extra game. And especially how you're seeing backup quarterbacks winning games out of nowhere. Like, they're just ready on command. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be like the NBA. It's going to be like that. Yeah, just bring guys in off the bench. Yeah. Um, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I think, like, Arizona, they got one of the best backup quarterback situations with Colt McCoy. Um, Obviously, the Browns. Case Keenum looks good. Off the top of my head, I can't really think of. I can't really think of a lot more. We got one sneak peek at him, but I'll love to see more of Tyler Huntley. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he looked really good. Yeah, we got one sneak peek. You got Falcons fans out here saying we need to grab him because he's a free agent uh, this coming up this uh, summer. That that uh, market, we, we got to do a show about that because that free agent market for quarterbacks is going to be ridiculous. Oh, for sure. Uh, we forgot actually about the best backup quarterback in the league. Ooh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nah, your boy Gardner Minshew. Oh, absolute man, the Eagles uncrowned man? starter. The uncrowned <laughs> starter. He is supposed to be a starter in this league, and they know it. I, I think I think Jalen Hurst is fine. Like with his running ability, he's exciting. But come on, you can't tell me Eagles fans watching that game where Gardner Minshew stepped in against the Jets. And he went, like, nearly perfect. Like, come on. You can't say you didn't get a little excited. Everybody. You, you didn't say, man, man, Jalen Hurts, he can, he can take a little seat on the bench there. Take your time and recover. Take as much time as you need. Gardner got this. And I just want to know, like, what was it? Gardner didn't get in trouble. He didn't do anything outlandish, didn't say anything ridiculous in the media. Everybody loved him, had a winning smile. He can play the game. He was fun to watch competitive i'm just like what why does it feel like they just kind of like push garner miss you to the side like what is what's going on he's supposed to be a starter in this league he got starter numbers he played good from the moment he stepped in i don't get it i don't know like you would say before this season started that maybe it's the stink of just playing in jacksonville you know maybe being a jaguar for whatever reason, makes people think that he's not good. But now he's on the Eagles. Eagles are a much more respected fan, or not fan base. Fuck the fan base. They're a much more respected franchise. You know, they're a lot, they've had a lot more success in Jacksonville. They haven't won, well, they've won one Super Bowl. But, I mean, they're, for the most part, they're 
at least pretty good. If not, you know, the playoff contender. So, you know, you don't really have that excuse anymore. Like, now now everybody's going to make the excuse of he came against the Jets. Like, what, what more do you want from this man? He stepped in when they needed him, and he lit it up. I think people got to realize that he played and won games against Houston when they had Deshaun Watson. The Colts are still a very good team. And Tennessee when they had Derrick Henry. He was an upset maker in the AFC South. The kid can play. Yeah, he I just want to play. I just want to point out before we move on that uh, Madden franchise I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. I would have grabbed Minshew as my starting quarterback had Tom Brady not been available. Tom Brady was only available because he's forty three years old. Or er, biased. 40, 44 years old, but I was playing Madden twenty one. <laughs> now I, I would have taken uh I would have taken Gardner, but I mean Tom Brady was a ninety eight overall. I was like, I'll I'll take him for one year. Yeah. Get Super Bowl out of it. Exactly. I just want to throw that out there. Plus it's a lot more fun to go into the offseason looking for a quarterback. True. Not Very not in real life, not in real life if you're a fan <laughs> of your team. <laughs> You want that shit to be set, but in in video games, it's it's more fun to look for a quarterback. Virtual world, this stuff seems fun. Real life, these guys, you know, their hair is turning gray. It's very frustrating, you know. So, exactly, I ain't got to worry about nobody texting me at three o'clock in the morning saying they want one hundred and fifty million guaranteed. Uh, right, <laughs> just just click a couple buttons and you're good. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Next topic. It's just something I was thinking about because I was looking at Cooper Cup's uh, historic season and how nobody's talking about it. And it just really made me think, like, what will it take for a wide receiver to win MVP? And before we even talk about this, I just want to point out there's been 60 MVPs, 41 quarterbacks have won, 16 running backs, one linebacker, which was Lawrence Taylor, one defensive tackle, Alan Page, and a place kicker by the name of Mark Mosley has won the MVP award. Damn. Yeah, so it just makes me wonder now. <clears throat> the only two receivers that ever came close was Jerry Rice and Sterling Sharp. Randy Moss' rookie season got him one vote, apparently. Like, one vote. His rookie season got him one vote. Calvin Johnson had that record-breaking season and got no votes. Antonio Brown had a good year a couple years ago, got no votes. Yeah, Jerry Rice and Sterling Sharp are the only two wide receivers that ever came close. So just I just gotta ask you this first, but what what do you think? Like, what will it take for a wide receiver to actually win the MVP award? Uh, my answer is pretty short. Okay. So if we're talking about this year specifically with Cooper Cup, it's gonna take an injury to Brady, Mahomes, Rogers. Uh, it's going to take an injury to Jonathan Taylor. It's going to take everything, everybody to go down. And then, and Cooper Cup is going to have to go over 2,000 receiving yards and get, you know, 15. I don't even know how many touchdowns he has right now. 15. He's a, oh, well, there you go. He's going to have to have over 2,000 receiving yards. The way that the the media and basically the voting process is nowadays it's going to be a quarterback. It's going to lean tor- towards quarterback if it's 
relatively close, it's going to be quarterback. I that's what annoys me so much about it is that they they favor the position and not the actual production on the field. Um, you know, they think I don't know if it's that or if it's more just the NFL as a whole. They want, you know, of course, uh, Tom Brady winning MVP for the league. It's going to look a lot better than Jonathan Taylor running back. You know, it's not. 92 anymore we're not gonna we're not having like you know all these running teams um i would love to see a receiver win an mvp but unfortunately if a receiver is going to be that productive to be in the mvp conversation more than likely they're going to favor that they're going to favor his quarterback into the mvp race over him uh maybe maybe if like you know, Devontae Smith caught, you know, 2,000 yards, half from Jalen Hurts and then half from Gardner Minshew. I think it would take something like that. But, yeah, unfortunately, I don't see I don't see it happening anytime soon. They love the quarterbacks, and they're going to keep favoring the quarterbacks pretty much no matter what. I might end up becoming a wide receiver activist because it's starting to get out of hand, like, what you said actually happened to uh, Jerry Rice. He didn't win because of his quarterback, because his quarterback was getting votes too. Who was it, Joe Montana or Steve Young? One of those. But his quarterback was getting votes too, and that was the reason why he didn't win MVP that year. Because it was like his share productivity is what they're calling it. Yeah, because receiver is, you know, technically a dependent position, depending on the quarterback. The quarterback controls... Uh, you know, who's getting the ball, who's getting the targets. And when you look at, say, you know, Cooper Cup goes out there and, you know, 150 receiving yards on 12 catches and two touchdowns. You look at those numbers by itself and you're like, all right, he had a hell of a game. But then you think about the fact that there are other receivers and other offensive pass catchers around the field. They're going to have production too. And that's going to add on to the quarterback stats. So the quarterback is going to look a lot higher, a lot better. But when you take into account just the individual and the individual performance, receivers are highly disrespected. <clears throat> yeah. And I got to say, I feel like they should remove yak yards from, from uh, quarterbacks. Like quarterbacks shouldn't get yak yards. Because I, what's up? <clears throat> No, what are you about to say? No, I was just going to say, I, I understand. I understand why they're still a quarterback. Like, they still go to the quarterback. Because, I mean, it'll be really confusing, right? It would. I understand that. It would. <laughs> it's just, this is bullshit, man. This I, man I, got, he got 751 <laughs> yards at the catch. This man can have 1,000 yeah. yards with yards at the catch alone. Cooper Cup. Yeah, we've seen that a lot with, like, you know, watching my Broncos growing up, Peyton Manning throwing it to Marius Thomas, RIP. Uh, a lot of times he would hit Thomas on, like, a bubble screen, and then Thomas would take off for, you know, a 65, 70-yard touchdown. Like, you look at you look at that play in the playoffs with Tebow. Tebow yeah. threw, like, a solid six-yard slant pass, but then it was Thomas that took it the other 74. 
So, I mean, it's like in theory, it sounds good, but I don't know if it would really, it would really work out. It's too late now. It's oh, so, for sure. It's too late now. It's just like, it is getting very disrespectful. And I feel myself becoming a wide receiver activist. Like, you look at all these great things. I understand they got to throw the ball, but these guys got to catch it. These amazing hands, these one-handed catches. All and then all the great... credit goes to quarterback. Yeah, like and you wonder why crazy. you wonder why re- receivers are divas, quote unquote. Yeah, you start to think about that shit. Like these things are crazy. Like, and also I have another thing that another reason why it's going to be hard for them to break through that glass ceiling. Like a wide receiver winning MVP is like a WWE's glass ceiling. Like, it feels like that. Who the hell is going to break through that shit? Because it's just something that's imaginable and hard as hell to reach. But nobody that has ever won the Triple Crown, like, number one in receiving yards, touchdowns, and receptions, have ever won a Super Bowl. Hmm. That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, nobody. And that's the Triple Crown. And they never won a Super Bowl. Cooper Cup is potentially about to win the Triple Crown and become the fourth player to do it. And he's going to be alongside Jerry Rice from 1990, Sterling Sharp from 1992, and Steve Smith from 2005. <clears throat> now, That's another reason. You said what? That's another reason to root for the Rams in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, because I look at it as if they go there and this man puts on this type of performance in the Super Bowl, and win Super Bowl MVP, I feel like that has to kind of like change the narrative a little bit for wide receivers to win MVP to show that we're more than just share productivity. We're value. You don't have a lot of guys. There's a little, there's probably about five to 10 wide receivers that can just pull off crazy ass stats all season long. That's a very small number. Yeah. I mean, you look at, I forget what Super Bowl it was when uh, Julian Edelman won MVP. Yeah, like you see, you see how how much had to go in his favor in order for him to have that award. Terrible quarterback play on both sides, just no true standout. And that's just MVP in one game. Imagine the entire league. You know, you're not going to have terrible quarterback play all season long from everybody. Yeah. So that just that puts your odds at winning MVP as a receiver like. 0.2%. Yeah, that's true. This is something that we, we're probably going to revisit multiple times because I'm starting to become passionate about this. This is, a, this is bullshit. And Offensive Player of the Year just feels like a participation trophy. Honestly. Oh, for sure. For it, sure. it was just a trophy they put out there to give the players that are not quarterbacks. Yeah, basically. Here's second place. Yeah, exactly. Come on now, Ricky Bobby. If you're not first, you're last. 100% life motto. Exactly. Ricky Bobby, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Any final comments before we move into fight or flight? Nah, Cooper Cup is a fantastic receiver. Wide receivers as a whole should be more respected. And yeah, I just want to say when I was little, I wanted to be a wide receiver. I didn't want to be a quarterback. But uh, yeah. Same. Same. I practice one-handed catches. I actually got a picture. I got a poster of Randy Moss on my wall right now from when he played for Minnesota. Oh, damn. Yeah, my brother had it. But yeah, he had a lot of gems. I got a Lawrence Taylor jersey that he had before he passed and everything. I told my mom I wasn't going to give away none of that. I was just going to plaque it. 
keep all that because you don't see these jerseys anymore. But um, just to give people two stats about this man before I go on to the next subject, possibly three, actually. He has six games with two touchdowns or more this season. He hasn't dropped a pass that has been 20 yards or more since week five of 2018. Yeah, that's a long-ass time. And, yeah, he broke the record for the most games with 90 yards or more, and I believe the streak is at 11 right now. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, those are these are not things that are easy as hell to do. You don't catch that type of consistency from a quarterback, not quarterback, but from a wide receiver every single year. Like, they got to start just giving the credit when credit was due. Like, the fact that Calvin Johnson had that amazing year and they didn't give out a single vote to him is ridiculous. That's nuts. Like, it's just plain outright ridiculous. But, like I said, we're probably going to revisit this conversation just, just a little bit more after this season. I just want to see what happens. What's up? I just want to add on to that. Uh, you know, I just want to point out Cooper Cup doing all of this, not to, you know, bring race into it, but he's a white wide receiver. Oh, you might as well bring race into it, but you kind of opened my eyes and gave me a newfound respect for Cooper Cup because you made me see the game different. I remember I told you a while back because, yeah, it's the way I saw it. They always projected white wide receivers as short guys. When you sat there, you were like, wait a minute, Cooper Cup is like 6'2". Yeah. <laughs> I think he's 6'2". I think he's like 210. Is that He got size. He's a Yeah, he's a good receiver, a good size yeah. receiver. He's like damn near. He's not too far off from Allen Robinson's size. Yeah. So no. yeah, when when people hear about a white wide receiver, they usually think Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Cole Beasley. But then you know you guys like Cooper Cup. Eric Decker had good size. He was a good uh, outside receiver. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's really impressive. Very. I grew up uh, idolizing when I was, you know, watching football growing up, wanting to be a receiver. Obviously, T.O. was number one. And then as I got even older, and then I was moving from Broncos some more, Brandon Marshall, watching him play was just incredible. You know, he's he was like 6'4", 230 or something, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And he would just, you know, his agility and run after catch, and that he was going out there making one-handed catches too, I was just in awe. Yep. It's kind of like, ugh. Makes me feel bad for a guy like Josh Gordon, because I'm like, man, you could have been a legend. It was a lot. You could have been a legend. I hate that. I got to put that word could have been in front of you, but God damn it. Like Stephen A. Smith said, stay off the weed. Like... (laughs) You could have. That, that shouldn't even be punished, but I mean, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, it's a whole other conversation. We got players coming out talking about some, oh, yeah, we smoked weed before the game. And this man had to take the fall. This bullshit. You, you know what happened, too. I've heard, I've heard stories of guys being like legitimately drunk, like drinking before the game. Yep, I can believe it. I think it was, I think I heard. I heard it was back in like the eighties and the nineties, but still, but still, the fact that it happened, that's crazy. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, let's go ahead and move into our fight or flight. I actually got three for you. I got three for you, too. I'll actually go first because it relates to what we just talked about. Okay. Cooper Cop, uh, fight or flight. He will break 2,000 yards this season receiving. Right now he is at 1,734. He would need to average 133 yards the next two games. Uh, I got to be honest with you because my question actually had that mixed in with Michael Thomas' um, reception <laughs> record. Yeah, I, I know. Our minds be sinking. Our minds be sinking. It's all right. But actually, I had that mixed in with Michael Thomas' record because that was another thing I felt like if he does those two things, then you, you kind of got to give him the award, right? He snaps two wide receiver records in one year. Was that receptions? But, yeah, receptions. Uh, Michael Thomas got it for 149. I remember that game. Yep. He got 149 receptions in the season. But, ee, he said he's going to reach 2,000 yards. I mean, he's going to go about 36 yards over. I'll say fight. He, he's going to do it. One thing that nobody has pointed out is that Matthew Stafford has been at the helm of two of the greatest wide receiver seasons in NFL history, and he's now the fastest player to reach 50,000 yards, or the fastest quarterback to reach 50,000 yards. I feel like he's trying to get Cooper Cup to break this record on purpose because Matt Ryan's not Matt Ryan, but Matthew Stafford seems like he likes records. So fight. I think he's going to hit 2,000. I feel like it's going to be like literally 2,001, 2,002 yards. How epic would that be? That would be so intense towards the end of the last game. <laughs> yeah. Um, since you asked about the 150 yards, he'll just have to average nine nine catches in the next two games. Are you talking about I 150 mean, catches? Yeah. So, yeah, fight for me. I think Cooper Cup's breaking all these records. Yeah, I feel like if he does that, if he does that and you don't give him the award, then I'm like, Come on, what really would it take? Now, if he breaks these records and then goes on and actually they win the Super Bowl as well, and you still ain't thinking about a wide receiver for MVP, then maybe it's time to to really just sit down and be like, we need to change this entire thing. Like, the whole landscape needs to be changed. Yeah, I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure they announced the MVP winner before the Super Bowl. Yeah, they do, but it's just like he's been playing like this all year long, and if you keep snubbing him, like, give him a vote at least. Like, God damn it. Don't do him like Calvin Johnson. That was fucked up. Give this man some votes. Yeah, I do. I totally agree. I think he had, I'm looking at his game log now. I think he had one bad game all season. Uh, he had, against Arizona, he had five catches for, five catches for 64 yards. Which is, I mean, that's an okay game for, you know, like a luster receiver. Yeah. But yeah, that was uh Cardinals won thirty-seven to twenty. Mm-hmm. That was oh. when the Cardinals were still undefeated. Oh yeah, that's when they were good. <laughs> yeah, that's when they were good. That's back when they were good. Yeah, I mean just being honest here. Just being honest, you know, Murray ain't been the same since he's been hurt. Hopkins out. AJ Green may forget to look at the ball. I mean, James Conner looks like their best player, if you ask me sometimes. I mean, <laughs> what can we say? Back when they were like, you know, oh, these guys may go to... Back when Kyler Murray was in the MVP conversation. Let's say that. that that's a good one, yeah. I think that's it was week... Long. I think it's week four. Boy, it's been a long time. A long, <laughs> long time. All right, I got you. <clears throat> Fight or flight. 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will lose in the wild card this year. Fight. I said it last week. <laughs> I can, I can um, unless they get Arizona, which, I mean, that's kind of a toss-up. They're, they're both teams that I think are going to be very disappointing in the postseason. Um, if they get Arizona, I could see Tampa winning just because Tom Brady. Just because Tom Brady. Um, if they get San Francisco, I can see I can see San Fran pulling that one off. Um, Philly would be that would be a close one. That would be really tough to me. Um, I think as of now, I'm saying that unless they get unless they draw Arizona, which if a season ended right now, that's the matchup it would be. Yeah. Then yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna win a playoff game unless they get the Cardinals. Ooh, I like that take. I like it. All right, what you got? It's hilarious. I just looked down at my at my list. My next one is fight or flight. Despite being on a three game losing streak, the Arizona Cardinals will win a playoff game. No. <laughs> flight. Flight. Take the cheapest one you can get. What is it? Spirit? Spirit Airlines? Uh, the cheapest flight you can get? The bumpiest one? I was going to say, I heard you don't want to take Spirit. Yeah, exactly. This is it. <laughs> this is it right here. The cheapest flight you can possibly get right here. Discount. Clearance for the rest of the year. <laughs> no, man. It, they were fun to watch. Like, the fun's over. Playtime's over. Yeah. It, I'm sorry. I like Kyler. But DeAndre Hopkins out. James Conner looks like the best weapon on offense sometimes. AJ Green forgets to look back at the ball. Like, watching him play is like watching a player on Madden get stuck in animation. Like, that. Yeah, that's there, there, right were there. So, there were so many memes that his controller disconnected. Exactly. Like, <laughs> right there, stuck in animation. And yeah, flight, you know. Um, Not a round trip, just a one way. They're going to ass right back home. Damn. I will say that I believe DeAndre Hopkins is one of the players that is supposed to return for the playoffs. See, I don't know if he's going to be two weeks from now. Ask me this question about like let's ask me about Wild Card Weekend. Ask me the same fight or flight question. <laughs> oh man, I can't. I can't wait till we're doing this episode to uh, recording an episode on Wild Card Wild Card Week. Oh yeah, just, just ask me that same question on Wild Card Weekend. <laughs> 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 After a five-game losing streak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Despite being shut out in the last two games. Uh, <laughs> like despite being shut out. Colt McCoy, gonna... Colt McCoy wins a playoff game. <laughs> Wait, you know, anything can happen in football, though, right? Like, we see, did, didn't the Giants win a Super Bowl and they had a losing record that year? Um, no, nah, Giants were 9-7. and seven. Somebody got in the playoffs with a losing record. So Seattle, possible. Seattle. See, anything that possible. was that that was that Marshawn Lynch game, that beast mode. Anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it will make sense too. It's the NFC West. Wild, wild west. We're talking so much about Cooper Cup. Uh, Seattle had that Marshawn Lynch play. Arizona here. Never know. Yeah. I got one for you. This one's related to Sunday. Bengals versus Chiefs. Oh, boy. Fight or flight. Joe Burrow will outthrow Patrick Mahomes by 100 yards. 
Now, keep in mind that Joe Burrow threw 500 yards last week. If you had just left it at out, you know, throws more yards than Mahomes, I would, I could buy it. But by 100? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say flight on that one. I think it's going to be a shootout. And I actually have the Chiefs winning. I think like 37 to 34. Uh, like we talked about every last couple of weeks, the Chiefs defense has gotten a lot better. They're not, you know, elite. Actually, I don't know if they might be at this point. They've they've been playing they've been playing they, good ball. They can stop you in the red zone. That's key. <laughs> they can stop you in man, the Chargers couldn't get shit. <laughs> they could yeah. not get jack shit on that game. <laughs> they couldn't get nothing. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was about to say, it's okay. you could call them elite right now, honestly. Okay, the Bengals have a, I think the defense is pretty good. They have their, they have their games where they're, you know, looking like a top five defense, but then they have other games where they're looking like they're, you know, in the middle of the pack. So I have more faith right now. I never thought I would say this. I have more faith in the Chiefs defense that they would slow down Joe Burrow than Cincinnati slowing down Mahomes. Uh, the Chiefs scored last week 36 points, and that was without Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill only caught two balls. So if – I'm not sure exactly if Kelsey's going to be back. I know he had – I think he tested positive for COVID. Um, yeah, so if, if Kelsey is back, and Tyreek Hill gets involved again in that offense, I think we could see 40 points from the Chiefs. So I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flight on this one. Right. I mean, I, I feel like Burrow might be able to still uh, throw for more yards than Mahomes. But then again, Burrow also has Joe Mixon. So he yep. could, they could still run the football. That so they don't, rusher. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite running backs in the league. Uh, he Burrow doesn't really need to throw for 500 yards again. And Mahomes, Clyde Edwards Alaire, I've been saying this every week. He looks he's okay. Like, I'm not a big fan. Uh, they obviously don't have as good of a running game as Cincinnati does. So it's gonna be more on the arm of Mahomes to try to keep them in this game, try to win it. So I'm gonna say it's gonna be close. I don't think that. Burrow's going to out-throw him by 100, though. All right. I'm a betting man. I just thought it would be a nice thing to ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, third, my third one here, fight or flight. After watching, after watching this team defeat the Patriots last week, the Buffalo Bills are a legitimate Super Bowl threat. Oh, fight. They've always been a legitimate Super Bowl threat. We just don't know if they feel like being a legitimate Super Bowl threat week to week. Yeah, they, yeah they're, they're a legit threat. It is, you know, it's all about if they feel like it. Kind of like what SpongeBob told Plankton. <laughs> I, I kind of don't feel like it today. Like, they have those moments. But, you know, like you said earlier, when they turn that shit on, they're a hard team to beat. Their defense is still good. I mean, at least we saw what Mac Jones threw more than five passes in that game. I'm correct, if I'm correct. So, <laughs> you know, he tried. 
that time around. But I still don't believe in their running game. But when they want to, they can be legit. So, yeah, they're one of the teams, if you're looking outside of Kansas City, to, yeah, I can see them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, just had to double check. I think Buffalo, I agree. I think Buffalo is also a legitimate threat. It just seems like you you can't really call your shot with the Bills because they lost to the damn Jaguars. Was it nine to six? Yeah. And they went out and lost. They they lost some really shitty teams. So, you know, it's like as soon as you think that Buffalo's got it all back together again, they go out there and get beat when they yeah. shouldn't. Then JT put up four TDs on him on the ground. Now, you you can't blame Buffalo for that. Hey, hey, <laughs> Jonathan hey. Taylor is a maniac. Hey, hey, you are a top ten defense. Act like it. <laughs> you can only do so much, man. That's like that's like being a top defense, and then Derrick Henry runs for a hundred on you. Like that's that. Mm. Not- now you you're asking me to stop a linebacker playing running back. Nah, he's he's a whole <laughs> defensive lineman. Exactly. You asking <laughs> me like to stop? You stop? You're asking me to stop Miles Garrett from playing running back. <laughs> imagine, imagine a guy like Chris Jones, but he has Bron Breaker's combine scores. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's like, not fair. Yeah, it's not. But you know, Buffalo is Buffalo. So you know how. You know how you see pictures online of like Derrick Henry staying next to like Aaron Jones and he looks, you know, towers over him? Yeah. I want to see Derrick Henry and DK Metcalf stand next to each other. Because those dudes, they're both both like wide receivers. They both look like (laughs) defensive. They both look like defensive ends. Yeah, I was going to say, they're both freaks. Like, you don't know who's who. You see him and you don't know, you know, you're not going to guess that they're a running back and a wide receiver. Nah, not going to guess it at all. That's that shit. Like if you create somebody in a video game and you just put their size at the max and speed at the max and strength, like it's just not fair. (laughs) You know what Earl Campbell looks like? Not Earl Campbell, but uh, Derek Henry. You know, he looks like to me. Who's that? It was Madden 12 when you can actually take all the legends out, and I unleashed Earl Campbell into my fantasy into my fantasy draft. Oh, he man. ended up on the Patriots. Of course he did. <laughs> and you cannot stop him from running the ball for jack shit. <laughs> you could do nothing at all against him. Sounds like the only way you could stop Earl Campbell, Earl Campbell, Jesus, is create Earl Campbell. Campbell as a linebacker. On the opposite side and try to just let him go. Man, look here, dog. I drafted Lawrence Taylor, dog. I tried. Oh, shit. I tried. <laughs> I tried. It worked a few times, but after a while, you couldn't do jack shit. Yeah, if he keeps running at you, there's only so many times you can stop him. Yeah. All right. So we're actually on to our mic drop. Before we actually close out this show, you know, I always like to remind people, you can always follow us on Facebook, FOE Pod, FOE Podcast. You can follow Josh on Twitter, J underscore whole 34. You can follow me on Twitter, The Daily FOE. My latest post is going to be talking about a show called The Freak Brothers on Tubi TV. So if you see me crying, it's because I missed that TV show and I hope they get a season two. But we are about to do a mic drop. 
you gotta listen very closely because you might miss it and once again always gotta do it to you twice guys pause that's the first one of the day <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one of the day we made it through this whole episode with only one of them always gotta do it twice we got pause <laughs> twice <laughs> that's what's oh man <laughs> Follow us on Facebook, FOE Pod, FOE Podcast, and Twitter. You can follow me, Daily FOE. You can find follow Josh, J underscore whole 34. Josh, you ready to go first with your mic drop? Yeah, I'll go first. This one, this one isn't that bold. It's really not. But so in order for this to happen, this player is going to need in two games, 811 passing yards, seven touchdowns and no picks. My mic drop is Aaron Rodgers is going back to back MVP. He's going to throw 40 touchdowns, four interceptions, and 4,500 yards. Again, he's in the need in the last two games. Now they are against the Lions and the or the Vikings and then the Lions, but they're both divisional games. And he's in the need 811 passing yards, seven touchdowns, and no picks in two games. But Rodgers is going back to back. Okay. Okay. I see you. I see you. Ah. All right. Mine's not really that bold either. It's a little bit biased. But at the end of this season, when the free agency starts, the Seattle Seahawks will trade Russell Wilson to the New Orleans Saints for Taysom Hill, sorry ass. Class dismissed.